Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use continues now. This is the broadcast for June the 11th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Hour two of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Andy Mangione with us. He's vice president of the Association of Mature Americans, AMAC.us. Welcome back, my friend. Hi, Andy. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Hope you're doing well also. I am. All right. Um, there's so many things to talk about. So little time. I understand you got to leave a little early today. Uh, plenty of engagements. We're grateful that you make time for us. Uh, I want to start by AMAC supports time. Or, I'm sorry. AMAC supports legislation to reduce the national debt. I think this is a huge, huge thing here that right now with the coronavirus and with the you know rioting and all the pillaging and plundering and uh, you know it seems like no one's really paying attention to this but it's something we cannot lose sight of sir no it's not you know uh, uh, look we we are in unprecedented times i will acknowledge that okay uh, strange times indeed a lot of unrest a lot of fiscal instability um and and this is something one of the one of the foundational aspects of amac uh, was uh, to advocate on behalf of a smaller government with responsible spending. Now, AMAC members, Sam, are smart enough to know that we live in a representative republic and you have to have money to run the government. There has to be basic services that are provided. Of course, and that's We're legitimate not, yeah. as can yeah, be. I mean, and, yes, sir. And, and that's so, I mean, you know, that's, you know the, the, the rub, however, lies in how Before you get to the rub, I just want to say that's what we on Liberty Roundtable Live call the proper role of government, sir. Uh, I think I lost you. Okay. Can you hear me now? I can't. I apologize. I think I lost right. you for a second. No problem. So that's what we call on Liberty Roundtable Live is the proper role of government, sir. Yes, exactly right. Okay. okay. Continue. So, no. So, so that said, you know, we still uh, should keep an eye on, on, on the national debt, obviously. Uh, and uh, this legislation is out of uh, Representative Debbie Lesko. I don't know how much you know about Debbie Lesko. She uh, represents the good people of Arizona 8. And uh, she is a, a relentless challenger to the status quo. She is fearless uh, in her advocacy, all right? Um, and, and she is, uh, uh, and a lot of smart legislation emanates from her office. She uh, keeps an eye on the border, uh, which is a, another uh, issue altogether. Uh, but but she's, looking at, uh, she's looking at the national debt. Um, and, you know, she's recognizing that uh, uh, the dollar could be weakened. And uh, future generations are going to have to pay off this debt with a weakened dollar. It's going to compromise their futures. Uh, taxes are going to go up. Um, so what, what she wants to do, uh, the name of her bill is the Give It Back to the Taxpayers Act. It's House Resolution 1085. Um, what it would do is appropriately address the rise in debt by returning all unused funds, federal funds, um, from members' represent, uh, representational allowances back to the U.S. Treasury. And the transfer has to be used for deficit reduction or the reduction of federal debt. So she wants to take surplus unused funds that's in the members' representational allowances 
and just and, and help pay off the debt uh, as well as reduce the deficit. Now, this makes common sense, you know. Imagine an idea like this, Andy. <laughs> Talking crazy, huh? Well, listen, is it S-2002? Is that what it is? It's H.R. House Resolution 1085. Okay. And the- H.R. 1085. And ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business. Now, AMAC also supports S-2002, which is a dollar-for-dollar deficit deduction act, right? Yes, absolutely. So these are two uh, pieces of similar-minded kind of legislation, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah yes, a- absolutely. Um Excuse me. Uh, the the um, you know we're keeping an eye. There's so much going on right now. Even though it, it doesn't seem that Congress is doing a whole lot, there is a flurry of legislative activity, Sam. Because people know, and and the process is fascinating. All right, regardless of who's controlling the houses, the respective chambers, right now. Uh, there's talk of a phase four COVID-19 relief stimulus and a lot of stuff that's being proposed right now that would never be considered sometimes gets folded into big deals like phase three, the CARES Act, and like a proposed COVID-19 phase four act. So there's a lot of activity going on now. This legislation that you speak of, this is from uh, Rob Portman out of Ohio. It's Senate Resolution, Senate 2002, the Dollar for Dollar Deficit Act. Again, acknowledging that spending and national debt are at an all-time high. The projections uh, are even worse with regard to the trends. They're increasing. And uh, again, uh, looking at future generations of American, of Americans paying uh, a lot, you know, burdening them um, uh, with increased taxes, okay? Uh, this Dollar for Dollar Deficit Reduction Act um, pretty much uh, reduces federal spending on a dollar-for-dollar basis, okay? Uh, and it'll do that. The caveat here is that when, uh, when, when the federal government increases debt over a limit set by law, then spending must be reduced on a dollar-for-dollar basis. So it's like a zero-sum game. Now, this makes a lot of sense, too. And, and you know, why we have to have this debate uh, fascinates me because normal Americans don't live this way and do not manage their household budgets this way. But I guess, you know, when you're dealing with billions and trillions of uh, taxpayer dollars, all common sense goes out the window. So this is a simple, hey, we, if we go over the federal debt limit set by law, we've got to reduce spending by the amount that we went over. It's as simple as that. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, Sam? It makes so much sense. It's shocking. And I wish the mainstream press would spend some time covering it because I think that most Americans could get behind uh, this kind of a view to say, listen, we can't spend our children and our children's children into oblivion. Now, Rand Paul has probably been the senator to focus on this uh, the most. He had the penny budget plan. He's had a lot of other opportunities and Congress has largely ignored him in the past. But maybe we're starting to see traction and maybe we'll see some of these two legislative pieces that we just covered and some of Rand Paul's efforts and everything else President Trump has worked on uh, defunding and deregulating and everything too maybe we can literally get everybody to work together for a change uh, and make a difference here and Sam hey Andy yes I was just going to ask you a quick question that you since you um, might have somebody's ear that you know could do something about this. Are you familiar with something called the United States Note? The United States Note. Tell me about it. 
Well, they, uh, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it says it's also known as a legal tender note. The first ones were uh, issued back in 1862, uh, so during the uh, uh, Civil War thing, when Abraham Lincoln, uh, well, the banks wanted to loan him money. He said, well, we'll just print our own, and they called them greenbacks. So they weren't backed like the silver or gold certificates by gold or silver, but they just printed them and they just issued them into uh, uh, existence as they paid for things. The last ones were done, in, as far as I've been able to see, in 1963, so about 100 years later, JFK did some. And uh, the beauty of them, at least, you know, I'm, I'm really for returning to gold or silver coinage, like the Constitution says, but if we can't get there, at least we could print our own money and not have any debt attached to it, and kind of, well, you know, the federal debt. government could spend it. Well, the federal government could spend it into existence, and, you know, we just have these United States notes. Anyway, check them out. I'll try to, if you want, you can find one on you, on the eBay, and then you can look at what it looks like and that kind of thing. The point is the you current know? Federal Reserve note means we owe money to the Federal Reserve, a third-party banking organization with interest. And if you have a United States note, we owe the money to ourselves, and there's not interest attached uh, is the point. I see. Very, yeah, that's a great point. And you can study history to see that it's true. Even JFK, uh, you know, printed those in the 60s. And it's a valid point. And as we discuss money, it's an important point that shouldn't be overlooked. But I'm delighted that you got this Portman Senate Bill 202, or 2002, I mean, a dollar-for-dollar dollar deficit deduction act. And then you've got AMAC supporting legislation to reduce the national debt in uh, that plus Rand Paul's efforts plus President Trump's efforts. We're starting to see uh, enough people working together to where I really, really hope we gain traction and can come together on this. And the traction potentially, okay, this is all potentially, the traction could uh, materialize, you know, in the form of a compromise when you're looking at a bigger bill. Now, when the CARES Act was passed, AMAC worked very hard. Uh, we, we knew that the, that the, that uh, Congress was going to do something big and something and something quick, and uh, we wanted to make sure that language was in the bill that uh, represented our members' interest, and we were successful in getting, for example, the RMD suspended for people that own IRAs, uh, penalties for people that took out their uh, uh, retirement funds early, waived uh, to, to to survive the pandemic and in, in, in the economic downturn. We uh, wanted to make sure that Social Security uh, there be there wouldn't be penalties. Uh, attached for those beneficiaries who, who co-sign student loans. We don't think that the uh, Social Security should be garnished for any reason. Uh, so that, that language was put in the real Yeah, because the idea is you out. paid in and you should yeah. you know, r- receive the benefits that you're paying in. They shouldn't take it away from you because you help somebody younger by co-signing on a loan or you do this or that. It shouldn't right. always be in jeopardy because you put in, and therefore that's what it's all about, right? It's an it's earned benefit. Okay, so so we, we worked with that. So what we're seeing here, we're seeing a, a flurry of legislation, um, and 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 it's funny because there are, there are services that rate some of these bills, and some of them have a single digit chance of being passed, but but then all of a sudden some of them end up in a larger bill like the CARES Act. Our prayers are that we can gain ta- traction on debt reduction and regulation reduction, as the president's been so heavily involved in, directly relates because we can spend less, folks. That's the idea. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Vatican Archbishop is in the news, and AMAC's got the details. Andy Manchin will report in seconds. 
Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married and have some kids. All right, trying to get out before the break. Andy Maggioni, ladies and gentlemen. AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S is the website. Check it out and become a member today. I say you become a lifetime member to support their incredible, incredible work. But the Vatican Archbishop witnesses America's current biblical struggle and urges President Trump and all Americans to pray. I dig it, Andy. Yeah, uh, this letter came across on Holy Trinity Sunday, which was this past Sunday. It's the first Sunday after Pentecost for uh, our Christian friends. And um, this was a, uh, I guess this was, uh, the gentleman is a former Vatican ambassador, but Archbishop of the Vatican is his, his current role. And just kind of identifying and looking at what's going on, not only in the United States, but in Europe as well, and looking at this uh, through a biblical perspective, and, uh, uh, and and calling it children of darkness versus children of light. Um, and he identifies the children of darkness uh, as those within the deep state and uh, commends President Trump for opposing them um, and acknowledging that the, the deep state is fiercely, I'm using his words right now, fiercely waging war against you, you being the president. Um, and they've shown all their cards. And they've revealed their plans, civil unrest, okay, uh, politicizing the COVID-19 virus. Uh, as much control as he could possibly exert over the people uh, if the end result is hurting the president. He's, he's calling out exactly what the president has been fighting. And in the end, and I know you advocate for this as well, Sam, uh, we all need to pray. You know, we get down on our knees to pray and to acknowledge uh, you know, what, what's going on and, and, and to lay this burden of what's going on right now within the country and over in Europe, throughout the world, 
uh, lay this burden at the at the at, at the feet of God, at the feet of Christ, and uh, continue to pray and uh, pray every day uh, uh, for this president and for our nation and for the world. Uh, it was very powerful, and uh, I believe we're going to put this in our daily update, so that'll go out to a, a big chunk of our membership. You know, we have. We're closing in on 2.2 million members, Sam, but not all 2.2 million give us their email addresses, but a lot do. Uh, many, many do. And uh, uh, I'm interested to see how this is received. Uh, we've got some comments right now. It's going to be received today. incredible, and I'll tell you why. Even people who are of different faiths understand that prayer Prayer is kind of a universal thing. Even people of other religions that may not be Christian by nature. Okay, one of the things that the founding fathers understood was we realize there's a higher source than government. Okay, and some called it God or nature's God or master of the universe or, okay, they used all kinds of terms to refer to something greater, a greater source of authority than government. And they turned to that authority. But the founding fathers were wise enough, uh, Andy Mangione, amac.us, amac.us, they were wise enough to say, listen, we want to tie this together to recognize there's a higher source than government, but what we don't want to do is get into the keys to theology and divide people on religious differences. We want to acknowledge this greater power. We want to acknowledge our dependence on a great being, uh, but we don't want to divide and get into the the details because pretty soon we start to think differently and have different views and beliefs and opinions and tenets of religion. And we're not interested in spiraling down, but we are interested in unifying on this universal truth. And I think that's where this starts, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was very inspiring. You know, when when we received this letter, uh, we shared it internally at AMAC, and I've seen it pop up. I think I saw it on Newsmax. Um, I've, I've seen it pop up, and and some of our members are now sharing it. Uh, so it's it's making its way, um, and we discussed it on an internal call yesterday, a leadership call, uh, and it's very inspiring, you know. And 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 people, a lot of people can identify good versus evil, you know. And it's the problem is is that the, the people that don't acknowledge that evil exists uh, causes a lot of problems for themselves, uh, causes a lot of problems for for uh, the country when they all get together with that belief. Uh, evil very much does exist, and I, I mean, we've seen evil in many manifestations. Yeah, if you don't believe evil exists, just go read the screw tape letters, huh? Exactly right. <laughs> Great book, by the way. Great book. I mean, it'll it'll put it in perspective in a real way, in my opinion. Absolutely. Our kids are, uh, you know, the school my boys attend, uh, read uh, a lot by that author. But uh, that's a great reference, Sam. I'm glad you brought that up. But this, uh, the, the, it, it's, it's a lengthy letter, but it's certainly worth the several minutes or the couple of minutes that you take to read it. It's on amac.us right now. It's on our homepage. If not, you can, you can click. Uh, it, it, you know, the way our, our uh, website works, Sam, is when we put a news story up there, it kind of bumps down like a, like a newspaper. Uh, but you can click on a button that says, you know, more news here, and then you'll see the whole the whole list of stuff that we've been putting on our website. But uh, it is from a Vatican Archbishop, and uh, and and I think that the, uh, uh, the the message has been resonating with our members, and we're going to find out in a big way once that daily uh, that daily update goes out. Well, I for one support it. You say that AMAC members have been sharing it, and hey, I'm an AMAC lifetime member, and I'm just telling you right now, we just shared it around the world, sir. Thank you. Because it's so spot on, and I believe it's so valid. Remember, biblically speaking, ladies and gentlemen, and even if you're not a Bible believer, you can uh, understand this fundamental truth and and get behind it, which is this. If we go to this this nature's God, uh, if we go to this higher source than government, and if we repent, meaning live laws of, of, you know, hey, love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself, and then the Ten Commandments that 
the law hangeth on, if you will. Uh, you know, those 12 ideas create si- civil, stable societies. And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up, though, is we're promised, biblically speaking, is if we do those things, he will heal our land and protect us. Sounds relevant today, relevant today doesn't it, sir? Absolutely. All we have to do is ask. Wow. All right, good stuff. Now, there's some concern about voting I want to get into before we let you fly, Andy. Um, Kurt's got a story. Headline says, bumps appearing in road. Kurt? Yeah, bumps appearing in road. The road uh, they're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, road to uh, voting by mail. Yeah, and the analysis says uh, early returns are not encouraging uh, concerning ballot integrity. WorldNet Daily's got the piece. Steve Miller uh, writes it for Real Clear Investigations, Dateline Charleston, West Virginia. They talk about um, one postal carrier in the, you know, one situation there. He, uh, well, he just kind of was working on those uh, ballots that he was dealing with, and he changed the affiliation of four voters from Democrat to Republican. Kind of unusual, I think. Uh, one in uh, New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, uh, they found that um, there were, st- well, ballots stacked outside of apartment buildings rather than put in individual mailboxes. Uh, they found uh, 300 Patterson ballots bundled in a mailbox there. When the county wrapped up checking the mail-in ballots the, to make sure they complied with the rules, 3,190 of them, or 19% of the mail-in vote, were disqualified. Uh, wow. They figure they're going to have to do it again. Um, you know, it says, uh, these kinds of acts make people not want to vote anymore. They feel disenfranchised, disconnected that their votes don't count, and that's not fair to the people. Uh, they say they're still counting ballots in Baltimore, where the city's first mostly mail-in election last week featured hundreds of voters not receiving ballots and printing errors. Uh, anyway, they said they got a few irregularities. Down in Clark County, Nevada, they had about 200,000 voters uh, got ballots that were, these are inactive voters, uh, and the uh, ballots were allegedly stacked outside of apartment buildings, so you can pick up a few when you need them. Um, but the bottom line is, man, what about a pencil and a piece of paper and voting in person? Hmm. <laughs> you know what? I'd like to speak to that. Uh, Rand Paul, uh, this is four years ago, was running for, he wanted to run for president, but he also didn't want to give up his Senate seat. And um, and he was able to uh, keep his Senate seat while he ran, okay? But uh, the, the, the Commonwealth said, fine, uh, when it is, uh, we have to have a special election because they made an exception for him and they, they changed the rules. Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but he had to pay for a primary election, okay? And the way we did that, okay, was uh, we all showed up. We had different precincts that we went to uh, for that for that uh, presidential primary election, and we had a piece of paper and a pencil, and we literally uh, wrote down who we wanted to vote for and stuck it in a ballot box, and it worked fine. And when you mention a, a piece of paper and a pencil and doing, and we all did it in person, uh, it it was uh, it was kind of refreshing to be part of that process. That was really very very basic. It wasn't complicated, but is 
uh, uh, just just a uh, men and women have given their lives for that right, and to see this process bastardized uh, by mail-in voting and totally taken advantage of. Uh, this is a serious issue, and the president is addressing this. We have advocates throughout the country, AMAC advocates. I know we do have uh, a number of AMAC chapters throughout the country. Um, we're, we're getting bigger. We're still kind of in our infancy stages here. But one of the topics that AMAC members discuss across the country is voter integrity. But we're not infancy in terms of influence, ladies and gentlemen. AMAC doing a phenomenal job. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Andy Mangione with us. We're talking about vote by mail. The problem is they don't have custody integrity of the vote ballots as they move along is the problem. Let's talk about it more in seconds on your radio. All right, we're talking to Andy Mangione with uh, AMAC.US, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vice President AMAC, 2.2 million members strong and still in their infancy stage, if you will. Uh, that might be in terms of numbers, but certainly not in terms of influence. They're huge and doing a phenomenal job influencing on Capitol Hill for conservative people everywhere, standing up for the elderly, standing up for uh, their families, their children, their grandchildren. I mean, the influence is amazing, folks. But we're talking about this bumps appearing in road to voting by mail in an analysis saying, hey, it's not a stable process. This isn't good. President Trump, as you were saying, uh, is speaking out about this, and rightly so, Andy. You blanked out a little bit there. I missed, I missed uh, the, and, the last end. Donald Trump is standing up properly against this vote by mail, uh, and we commend yeah. him for it, sir. Absolutely. No, no uh, it's fraught with problems, and we're already seeing the problems pop up. Okay, and uh, you know the, the, the discussion about disenfranchising people, the discussion about my vote doesn't count, are very valid. All right, uh, here in uh, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which is where I'm sitting right now, our primary was pushed back from the uh, third week in May to the third week in June, and you can only go one place if you want to vote in person, or you can vote absentee. Okay, one place uh, in in a uh, in a county where I live of uh, 800,000 people. Uh, we're all going to go to the fairgrounds and uh, stand in line. And, and I don't understand that. Why one place? That's a social distancing nightmare, sir. Well, you know, because of, you know, all they have to do is say because of, uh, you know, the pandemic. Uh, yeah, but if you had the pandemic, you'd think the more places, the more you separate out the people, the more safe it would be. How dumb am I? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, so there's going to be a lot of absentee voters. Yeah, which uh, concerns the heck out of me because the custody of the vote is the problem. Yes, exactly. So, and we're seeing the problems pop up in Nevada. You're seeing the problems pop up you know, throughout throughout the country. Uh, so, this this is a, a real issue, and I know the president is concerned about it. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this is resolved as we move closer to the general election in November. Amen to that. Andy, uh, any more on this one? Andy, um, no. I mean, I think the story's covered there. But I was going to ask you if you've ever seen a movie called. Uh, Man of the Year with Robin Williams. Uh, uh, it's a 2006 political comedy drama, but it, it talks about uh, basically this guy chooses to run for president because of some of the problems with the voting machines. He literally wins. Um, and, uh, you know, you might want to check into that because at least in my opinion, when you look at the whole vote, well, 
voting system that is so important to be integral to our society and be well have integrity uh yeah so a comedy have doesn't do my concern crazy, justice Kate. no it doesn't but it also it does point out that even hollywood will point out that they there might be some problems with the voting machines amen to that all right, uh, they're going to also move the Republican convention, possibly, they're going to move it to um, Florida. They're going to look at Jacksonville seriously now, and I don't know, they haven't decided good. for sure, but what do you think of that move? I think it's a good move. I think that the, the governor of North Carolina, this is uh, Andy speaking here, uh, he's playing games. He's playing footsie with the administration. The administration is, I mean, these things are, uh, you know, you know, the, 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 the many, many, many months of planning that takes place to pull off a, uh, you know, a, a major political party's convention, uh, I mean, a nominating convention. So this is, this is uh, uh, the people of North Carolina cannot be happy with their governor because of all the jobs and all of the revenue that they're going to lose as a result of him playing around with the president. I think that uh, it's a prudent move. Hey, if you can riot safely, you can certainly peacefully meet for uh, an appropriate election uh, reality and, and, and choosing the, the delegates and the di- different people. They want to make you can't go to church, but you can riot. You can't go to a Republican right. convention to properly vote as the Constitution provides. We have a representative republic. You can't do that because, hey, you got the COVID, but yet you can riot in the streets. I mean, these people make no sense, sir. Yeah, people are witnessing this, and there's there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of fatigue with the bad news that's being uh, you know that, that that's just being blasted twenty four seven by the uh, by the mainstream media. But I think people are, are recognizing some of the hypocrisy that we're witnessing, and and it's not necessarily you know I mean the United States was united in outrage over what happened uh, to George Floyd, uh, but the the associated riots that are that have totally co opted uh, you know the the the, uh, we, the the purpose of the protesting. Uh, people are, are, are rightfully disgusted with, you know, the dest- destruction of property, the people that have been killed, hurt, or maimed uh, throughout these riots, uh, the lawlessness. I think people are appalled, and I think people are, they're fed up, and, they're, and it's, you know, they have no choice but to witness it because of how it's being played out on mainstream uh, media. But, you know what? The news that Edwards refused to use is coming to the table, folks, and you're getting the truth. Thank heavens to AMAC and many other organizations doing a phenomenal job. Andy, before we let you go, I have one more story I want to kind of highlight. You know, the mainstream press is telling you all the Republicans are ready to abandon President Trump. Uh, it's a flat-out lie, and the proof is in this headline. George P. Bush says that he will endorse Trump, and he says Trump is the only thing standing between America and flat-out socialism. He's spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I think that the the, the media and any polling that's going on right now uh, really uh, uh, they damage their. I mean, the media's been damaging their credibility for years now. But any polling or any news. I mean, this is June. This is June eleventh, as you mentioned. Okay, uh, to talk about uh, handicapping this race in June when we've got a long way to go to the to the election, and particularly polling that shows. You know, you know, uh, Joe Biden ahead of uh, uh, President Trump uh, in June is meaningless. Even the polls leading right up to uh, the election don't carry a whole lot of weight based on what happened in 2016. I mean, when we went to the polls in 2016, it was a foregone conclusion that Hillary Clinton was going to be president. Didn't quite turn out that way. And thank the heavens for that, sir. Hey, there's a book I want to tell you about. And there's a reason I'm telling you about this. There's a lady by the name of Jan Jones. And she's an author, speaker, and a bu- businesswoman. 
And uh, she has a book that she's written called The CEO's Secret Weapon, How Leaders and Their Assistants Maximize Productivity and Effectiveness. Well, anyway, we're going to interview that author next week. So I'm kind of highlighting that uh, as a great, great interview. But here's the question she asks. Executives, do Donald Trump's assistants make him a great leader? She asks Jen Jones. And I would say the answer is a clear, resounding yes. Anyway, she goes through that. But the reason I'm telling you all this, Andy, is because she tells me, hey, Sam, when I go speak around the country, um, all these big executives and corporate leaders are like, I want you to come and talk about the executive assistant book, but I don't want you to talk about the huge case study at the center of that book, Donald Trump. Can you leave Donald out of it? And I'm thinking, what are they thinking? You've got a business leader that is surrounded by talent, and he knows it. He knows how to spot and uh, elevate talent to the right positions um, in a way that we haven't seen in the presidency in more than our whole lifetime, sir. How do you leave that out of the narrative? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's astounding. And, and I think that we should stop laughing at these people and start realizing that they believe everything that they're saying. Uh, uh, and and uh, it's something that we have to pay attention to, okay? You can't just laugh off uh, their irrationality. This is who they are. The gloves are off. Uh, the curtain is up, and we're seeing on display what these people believe in, and you cannot laugh at it. It has to be addressed. It has to be addressed rationally. Wow. All right, any final thing we should know from AMAC before we let you fly, sir? We just appreciate being on programs like yours, and I encourage people to, to go to www.amac.us, A-M-A-C.us, and join us. Uh, we are adding thousands of members every week, literally, and thousands more are renewing their membership, so people are sticking around. We offer a great value, but uh, more so than anything, it's the advocacy that people join AMAC for. So join a group of like-minded people that believe in faith, family, and freedom. I'm happy to represent your interest in Washington and grateful that I could talk about it on programs like yours, Sam. So we appreciate All right. We mentioned that the polling is bogus, but you know what? What about the polls you guys take? I find the results fascinating. I'm sorry, you blanked out a little bit. The polls that you guys take are fascinating in contrast to the polls we're seeing from the mainstream press. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they're they're uh, you know it, it, it is funny now they're unscientific okay I mean you, you, there are website polls you can only vote once though but they really you know in 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 years you know twelve thirteen years of doing these polls I think they give us a really good indication of what the membership uh, and we uh, what the membership believes and what the membership thinks we we put issues on there to determine our advocacy that's how much faith we put in our polls they are fascinating and it is amazing the contrast between what our members are saying and then what's being portrayed and how they're being portrayed in the mainstream media. I'll make one more point, though. You say your polls aren't scientific and neither are theirs because the idea of a poll and scientific, uh, there's no such thing. If you were to really do a scientific poll, you'd have to interview everybody that you claim to represent. Otherwise, it's nothing but an educated guesstimate, right? You betcha. So theirs aren't scientific either if you want to know the facts. Because otherwise, you would have to do the scientific method, and you'd have to duplicate it for every American you ask questions to. And if you don't ask all Americans the questions, you're guessing at some point, and you're extrapolating data, which is not scientifically backed, by the way. What do I know, right? Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Sam. God bless. Andy Mangione, ladies and gentlemen, doing a phenomenal job for AMAC.us. I'm a lifetime member and highly recommend you become one as well. AMAC.us. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. 
Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. All right, back with you live, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby on your radio. George P. Bush says he'll endorse Trump. Only thing standing between America and socialism is President Trump, he says. So when the mainstream press tells you all the Republicans are against the president, uh, it's, it's absolutely bogus, Kurt. That's a great point, Sam. And uh, this, of course, is not George W. Bush, but the, that's what they've been saying, that that uh, the W is, uh, you know, kind of off it or whatever, but that wasn't true either. Uh, so, you know, hey, more fake news. And well, and I'm not really a fan nice of the Bushes, to... but you know what? They're no. highlighting a truism here. And w- again, whenever there's truisms, you got to back them. And he's right. Good, you know what? Point. President Trump is doing a lot to prevent socialism in America. Is he perfect at it? No. Could he do it alone? Of course not. But are his efforts true between his actions and his words? For the most part, I would say the answer is yes. Yeah, I, I know we can criticize President Trump. I know there's a lot of things that he hasn't been able to get done. But, folks, don't forget the swamp is deep and wide. <laughs> and don't forget that one man just can't solve all the world's problems unless you look to Jesus Christ. And I would say he's beyond a man. But nevertheless, the point is that, hey, we can't <laughs> lay all the troubles at the feet of the president as if he can solve them all single-handedly. It doesn't work like that. We have a constitutional republic if we can keep it. Remember that. All right, Kurt, do you know who Will Sutton is? Mm, I want you to look up Will Sutton Wikipedia. Okay. S-U-T-T-O-N, Will Sutton. And Will Sutton has a headline I want to talk about here. Will Sutton, quote, all lives matter, is offensive, 
exclusive and wrong. I think he's a football player. Uh huh. That's right. Okay. All right. He says that all lives matter is wrong. It's 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 exclusive. Uh, offensive and it's wrong kurt and he goes in and explains why and here's what he says he says listen we know all lives matter but it's our lives that are in jeopardy and therefore we're focusing on our lives which is black lives and so the analogy he uses he first says hey have you ever been driving down the road and been pulled over by a cop and been fearful that you're going to get arrested or beat up and he wants me to say no because i'm white and he's black and so he says i have but I'm saying, you know what? I have, Kurt. Whenever I get pulled over by a cop, I'm in fear, too. I'm in fear that they're going to say something, and I'm going to say something, or I'm not going to have what they want, or they're going to escalate it and take it wrong. Why do I have that fear? Because cops have done that for decades to all kinds of people. Okay, black people in particular. But you know what? I'm not running from the cops, either. I'm not taking them on high-speed chases, and I'm not doing things that escalate at all. I'm de-escalating for the most part. But you know what? I've been afraid. I've had the cops come to my house and knock on the door, and I've been afraid. Okay? I've, I have had these things. So he wanted me to say no because I'm a white person. But the answer to all the concerns um, that he's asked, I have to say yes to as well. I'm concerned that the government will impound my car. I'm concerned that the government might take away my stuff, might come up with the wrong answer about who I am and what I'm doing. And let me give you an example to prove the point. They said all people that support Ron Paul, this is back when Ron Paul was running for president in the state of Missouri, Hey, they're all enemy domestic enemies. Okay? I believe 911 is a scandal. 911? Glenn Beck, literally with his mega microphone on the radio, said, Hey, anybody who believes that 911 is a scandal, they're willing to work with Antifa and they're out to destroy the country. Well, that puts me in jeopardy. The Mayak report highlights this if you want to go dig up, you know, reality checks to find out. But the IRS, the cause of death IRS gravestone we referred to yesterday. Hey, so, yes, we're afraid of government. We're afraid of cops just like you, Will. Now, I think we shouldn't behave afraid of cops. We shouldn't escalate by trying to run. But no doubt you don't think I get pulled over and just go, oh, this is going to be a great day because I'm white. They'll know that I'm white and treat me with decency and respect for darn sure. No. They come up saying to me, hey, who are you? Where are you going? Where'd you come from? Where are your papers? What's your driver's license number? What's your insurance? Uh, do you, okay, they drill me down the same as they would any other black person. But I don't run from the cops, and I don't escalate. Okay, I simply respond appropriately like an adult and a citizen would. Where I say, listen, I'm going home, buddy. I came from here. And you could say, well, he doesn't have the right to ask those questions. Maybe he doesn't. But he is asking them. And anyway, I go on and digress, except to say that I have those same fears, Will. Will Sutton, I have those same fears you do. And then he goes on and makes the point. And he says, here's the clincher. Here's why, you know, saying black lives matter is okay. Saying all lives matter is offensive, exclusive, and wrong. He says, look, when you're, you know, we can say all houses matter. But when it's my house or your house that's on fire, we don't say all houses matter. We say your house matters or my house matters because obviously all houses matter. We don't want yours to burn to the ground either, but it's my house that's on fire in jeopardy right now, and therefore we need to focus on my house. Now, I get what he's trying to say. He's trying to say, listen, we've got a serious issue, and we need to focus on this issue. What I want to say to Will, though, is this. If you're not careful, what will happen is we'll focus on your house, it will probably burn to the ground because the very pe few people that claim they want to focus on your house are the people that are burning it down, first of all. 
Okay, the Black Lives Matter people are the ones destroying and pillaging and plundering along with Antifa. They're the ones that are literally destroying things. Okay, they're not the firefighters trying to save your house. That would be equivalent to the cops and to society that you're rebelling against. Okay, now I'm saying to you that I don't mind that we say your house is on fire. Let's all gather to help with your house. But if we're not very careful, what we'll turn this into is because your house is destroyed now, we all have to build your house and we need to build it nicer than the rest of our houses. And we owe you something because your house burned down or we owe you something. because. And before you know it, the oppressed becomes the oppressor. And before you know it, the downtrodden become the lofty. And before you know it, the, okay, we don't want that to happen either. And so when we talk about Black Lives Matter, I want to know, are you just talking about the guy's house that's burning that got his you know, trachea crushed by a cop? Or are you talking about the black guy in the hood in Chicago that got shot by another black guy the other day? Or are you talking about the baby black life that matters? Okay, you're exclusively only talking about certain people's houses on fire, and you're not willing to broaden the discussion. To what happens if my house is on fire? You want to know the most persecuted people that this country has ever known? It isn't the blacks. It isn't the Indians or the Native Americans or whatever you want to call them. Okay, you want to know who it is? It's the Mormons, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They are the only ones that have literally, literally been driven out by gun and bayonet from their homes in the middle of winter, crossing the plains with bloody feet for safety. Okay, where the women and children were raped and plundered and murdered. And there was literally an extermination order by the Missouri governor, Governor Boggs. Okay, no people have been as oppressed and as abused as the Mormons. So don't tell me, Will, that I don't get it. I get it, my friend. I happen to be of a variety of these groups. I happen to be white, uh, which means I'm on the, uh, the worst end of the stick in modern times. I'm a male. I'm the most revered, hated person right now. Why do I say revered and hated? Well, because they, they say that I got all this privilege. Privilege that, well, how much money do I have in my bank account, Will? How much do you have in your bank account, my friend? Maybe you got black privilege going on because I'm the poor white dude complaining right now. Not literally. I highlight the point. What are you talking about? Okay, so when you put all this together, I have the same fears you do because I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the most persecuted group in America. I'm also white and a male, which means I've been the blunt of, or the brunt of every joke, the mockery. I'm a father, too. So, you know, I've been mocked on every TV show for the last 30 years. And made fun of and downtrodden and, okay, I've had to deal class, with this. Can you say class action lawsuit? Yeah, well, you, we should. Okay, but I look at this and go, so I do care about black lives. And when I say all lives matter, black lives, by the way, are included. But it's not just the black life of a, of a thug criminal that has a meltdown with the cops and dies, unfortunately. I'm not defending that. The cops are out of control and I say they've all been arrested and I hope we have due process and justice done there and i'll do my best to stand with you will and see that that's done without a doubt Pro prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law i get it and agree but you've already got that my friend but i'm not going to say black lives matter when it's only the um you know criminals that die at the hands of cops but we ignore the babies that are being murdered every single day and no one even bats an eye i'm not going to ignore the black on black crime that goes on across this nation by the hundreds every day and we don't say a word about it. 
Okay, I want all lives to matter because I get that a faction has been oppressed and wronged, and we need to right those wrongs. I completely agree. But I will not agree when you ignore Mormons' lives or when you ignore uh, you know, young people's lives, white or black or Asian or Hispanic or any other ethnicity babies. you can come up with. All babies' lives matter. And I don't want the black baby being murdered by abortion, and I don't want the white people baby being murdered by abortion either. Okay, all lives matter. And I don't want a white guy to be abused by the cops tomorrow because we're so focused on black lives not getting abused that we forget about the white guy when his house gets on fire. We don't want to say, well, we got a bunch of black people's houses on fire. Who cares about the white guy's house on fire? He deserves it anyway. See, if we're not very careful, we fall into that false narrative as well. We need to turn to God and say that all lives matter. So, Will, when you suggest that I'm offensive, that I'm exclusive, and that I'm wrong. I got a challenge for you, brother. Why don't you publish your net worth, and I'll do the same. And then if my life matters to you, my friend, why don't you just transfer whatever's in your bank account and make us completely equal, okay? Because I believe you got flat-out black privilege going on, bro. And I believe that you are dishonest and immoral in your judgment of the rest of us because we care about every life. And suggesting that we're exclusive and that we're racist, and that we're wrong, and that we, okay? It isn't true. And I agree that if your house is on fire, we want to go fix it. And I agree if a group is not being treated fairly, whether it's the Mormons, or males, or females, or blacks, or whites, or whoever they are, I agree we got to solve that inequity. Because to Almighty God, he is no respecter of persons. And in government, in modern times, we have done our best to make sure that we're all equal before the law. In fact, the founding fathers, the ones that they would say are a bunch of tired old white men, dead white men that are irrelevant, they would claim. These are the ones that said all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. That doesn't mean that we're equal, or else you need to siphon your bank account right into mine, buddy. What it means is we have equality in terms of our rights before God and government. And this is the only country on the face of the earth for a couple of hundred years, a couple of centuries, my friend, that, although not perfect, has stood on that view. Let's help that view become more of a reality in the day-to-day, shall we? Let's work together to solve the nation's problems, and let's realize we are all God's children, and we all matter. And yes, we need to come to the rescue of those who aren't getting fair treatment without a doubt. But let's not do so in a way uh, that eventually backfires and becomes reverse discrimination or in a way that divides people. Let's do it in a way that unites people, my friend. And so my goal is not to attack you, Will. My goal is to say, are you ready to go on a national tour with Sam Bushman to teach these truths? Are you ready to go ahead and share your bank account with me since my life matters too? I didn't think so. But I still pray for you, my friend. And I hope you realize we're all God's children, and I hope we soon start to behave like it. Because you know what? True love of the Savior Jesus Christ knows no boundaries. There are no divisions. There are no exclusions. There are no special privilege. There are simply those who turn to Him and receive the blessings and those who do not. I pray to be among those who do. For Sam, Kurt, and everybody else, God save the Republic. We declare this nation shall endure. Loving Liberty dot net.